2: All right, time to get to what is going to become an annual tradition for us here on Hollinger and Duncan. And that is to go back... A little more than a year later, once there's been another trade deadline in the books and look at the previous year's trade deadline and evaluate what we thought at the time, what the teams thought at the time, how that ended up changing, whether teams made the right move to trade guys, how that worked out, whether teams made the right move to acquire guys, whether teams made the right move to not trade guys as well. So it's all going to be really fascinating here. As we look back on this, John, and what stands out to you as the biggest move from last year's deadline?
1: I think the most significant move is the Vooch trade because that started Chicago on a completely different trajectory and it started Orlando on a completely different trajectory. You know, that was Orlando waving the white flag on, I mean, Vooch, Fournier, and Gordon all played in that last game before the trade deadline and they won and they like knew they were getting traded and like waved to the crowd and everything. It was like, it was over, right? So, Yeah. And then at the same time Chicago was went from going nowhere to okay now we've traded two first for Vuc and still went nowhere last year but now this kind of rebuilt Bulls team that was like the first step in you know the Carnishavis administration's uh plan to get get make this team relevant again.
2: What did you make of that deal at the time? I, uh, and just so we have it here let me say what it was first. This yeah. was the Magic traded Nikola Vucevic and Farouk Aminu who had money actually left for this year which would become important for Wendell Carter who's the number seven overall pick in 2018 Mm -hmm. Otto Porter Jr. and two first round picks the 2021 Chicago first which was top four protected that later became the eighth overall pick and Franz Wagner and a 2023 Chicago first that is also top four protected so that that was the terms of this deal what did you think of it at the time?
1: I thought it was a reach by Chicago, um, and it, I think it still looks that way. To give up Carter and what turned out to be a lottery pick last year uh, and another pick uh, to get a good but somewhat flawed player and one who is flawed in ways that I'm not sure translate to high-level success when you get deep into playoff rounds, even though he's a good player. So the, the one thing you could say for that for Chicago is it's sort of established themselves as legit enough to... To get themselves into the DeRozan sweepstakes, I guess, which turned out to be valuable, even though it didn't seem that way at the time.
2: Yeah, that's, I think, the best argument you can make about this for Chicago with Vucevic, who struggled offensively for a lot of this year and still is not shooting the ball well at 31% from three. He was much better last year. He was 40% from three last year, 36% in his other All-Star year of 18-19, but 34% the year in between. So I think they bought high on that 40% three-point shooting in addition to all the flaws that I acknowledge as well that, that you mentioned. But he's been at least scoring better around the basket where he really was struggling early this year as well. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, in terms of just that transaction for that player... I had already just Franz Wagner is way more valuable than Nikola Vucevic right now. Uh, and we didn't know that you know, Franz Wagner it looks better than the typical guy you get with number eight. But part of the downside risk there was that they it would not make the play in, much less the playoffs. I think they thought they would make the playoffs by making yeah. this move last year. Levine got COVID. They had more injuries and they just weren't that good anyway. Uh, they couldn't stop anyone when Vuce, or I think maybe they could when Vuce is out there, but a lot of that was shooting Look, like Their defense was not good last year. They they addressed that in the offseason. So, and then they ended up giving up the number eight pick. I'm sure that's more than they thought that they were going to give up. So, just player for player, Um, you know, Vooch was not. Yeah. can,
1: Can we talk about Wendell Carter, too? Like he yeah, doesn't I, suck. I mean, and, and he's so, he's having but, a pretty no, nice year.
2: Well, and he they got him on an extension, which is about twelve million a year. Which is, I think, he's a solid starting center. He's not going to be a superstar, but he's a, a guy who can be that starting center for them for a while. And, and he's he's been pretty decent. So yeah, I, I guess what you could I mean, certainly. And I don't know if you'd say Wagner was like better than Vooch this year and there's some things offensively about Vooch that have enabled DeRozan maybe to flourish a little bit more though he's very resilient in and of himself um, with his mid-range shooting no matter who's on the floor and he stayed healthy this year yeah but just for the production that they have gotten already just to have lost Franz Wagner I think is a loss then you throw in Wendell Carter there's still this other pick as well and we'll see where that pick ends up for Chicago you know now when Chicago was number one in the East maybe you felt better about it but eh, you know they're probably gonna be five or six now they're they're, like. they're probably gonna lose in the first round
1: yeah so then how do you feel about yeah. this at the end of the yeah.
2: day yeah and that was another criticism that I had early on was this team I think I because I re-listened to our show I said they're gonna chase the sixth. and they were a little bit higher. Part of that was just because everyone... The East was very competitive, but there also weren't those top two or three teams at the level that they normally were. Like, I don't think anyone felt like Chicago was a true top four team in the East in a year when it's a good team. So, or or, or, or when there are good teams. So, I I still... Now... Let's get back to this other argument, though, that people would say, oh, well, it gave them legitimacy to do the rest of their makeover this offseason.
1: I, th- I think they didn't need that for- to get Lonzo or Caruso. Um, well, could- well,
2: and let's not forget, it's not like. Oh man, they were so legitimate. They got DeRozan to come for the mid level,
1: right? <laughs> they, yeah. They, oh you know, no, they twenty they million dollars out. a year more, yeah.
2: yeah, than anybody else could have paid them, right? Was, <laughs> yeah.
1: Insane. Yeah. Exactly. Uh. Uh. The,
2: and, and, the, and he's been awesome, but yeah.
1: And uh, the other thing you could say is Zach Levine did not demand a trade. I guess is the other thing you could say. Which well,
2: yeah, I, I think. But I, if they'd gotten DeRozan, maybe that wouldn't have, they wouldn't have, that wouldn't have yeah. happened anyway. But <clears throat> but I, I think the whole reason they did it goes back to the Levine trade. I think that's the number one reason why they accelerated
1: yeah i think there was a realization that they might be on the clock with him and so now they've done this and they'll you know i think even with the knee now they'll give him the five years and then they can go from there
2: yeah and there's been absolutely zero buzz now about him potentially wanting to leave and yeah now they also could have gone the route of renegotiating and extending him last summer too, but then they probably wouldn't have been able to do the Russo-Lonzo thing. Um, but I think they actually would have had more space because Porter was an expiring contract and they took on a bunch of money for this year. So they might have actually been able to just renegotiate and extend Levine and use cap space to get Lonzo as well. Um, so I, I guess, I mean, obvious. I think it's very clear that you would say, Hey, if you could snap your fingers right now and you could trade Nikola Vucevic, who's making you know, $25 million a year this year for Wendell Carter still on his rookie contract, by the way, until next year for Wendell Carter and Franz Wagner and have that be your core going forward, but still have the same rest of your team. If you could do that, you absolutely would do that in, in yeah. a hot, a hot, you wouldn't even have to think twice about. It.
1: I would agree with that
2: but there's the thought of like hey the butterfly effect of not getting Vucevic would that have changed what their summer that was very good ended up being Uh, I I don't know I mean it's still they didn't know that they're going to get DeMar DeRozan when they made that deal either so I, I still like while they are in a good place right now I still think you would much rather have those guys now I mean you could also say if they had I mean I don't think they would have won any more games to have their draft pick be higher if they had held on to Carter as opposed to Getting Vooch, so that's I. I, I think yeah. they still would have been right around that. It same still would have been
1: draft. that same pick. You would think, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I, I mean, you you could say, hey, maybe if <laughs> you could get to the point of like, well, if Nikola Vucevic weren't around, maybe Zach Levine might have done something different so that he wouldn't have actually caught COVID right at the time that he did, and he would have still been around, and they would have. Won well, okay. Mean, now, now we're now we're getting, getting too
1: deep insane. into butterfly effects here. I think. <laughs> <Yeah. sighs> Yeah,
2: sorry, sorry, but but I, I like that's. I think this trade has worked out on the team level. They are much better right now than I thought they would be after making this trade. And even then, it still looks bad.
1: Yeah. I would agree, so I, would so agree I think
2: that. that's an argument about like, man, this was not a good idea. And yeah. So and still, there's the thought like, you know, they're legitimate. Maybe they can build from here, you know, crawl, walk, run. But there was so much optimism early. And then, maybe you know, if Lonzo comes back, maybe they can get back to possibly winning around or at least being a threat to win a round because you know, we haven't seen their full team in so long although we may just not see their their full team this year yeah but uh yeah I, I still think you have to look back on this as being a mistake and, and I mean for Orlando it's even more of a home run than it appeared to be at the time
1: I agree with that I mean Carters look good and then they thought they were probably getting like the 14th pick or something and they ended yeah. up at number eight and made a good pick at eight and really like organizationally like think about how that much trade how much that trade has salvaged things for them if they Their only pick had been Suggs. Like they'd be get like they'd be getting murdered right now, right? Between between their record and 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 the you know that pick so
2: yeah I I mean they'd be so dependent on getting another superstar which they probably are anyway but at least you know now with Wagner looking so good and they have a foundation going forward so yeah I mean this really saved them well and also they wouldn't have gotten the number five pick last year right they tanked their asses off after they gave up Vooch like they probably wouldn't have done that if they hold on to him and now let's Mm -hmm. also remember as well that this is Part of a larger thing. You mentioned that Fournier and Gordon, they also moved. Yeah. So I'll give you the specifics on the Gordon deal now, unless you have anything else on the Vooch Vooch trade. So Aaron Gordon and Gary Clark to Denver for Gary Harris- R.J. Hampton and a 2025 first round pick going to the Magic. That's first available draft, top five protected because they already owe a 23, Denver does. So yeah. assuming that'll go in 23, Nicole Jokic is still going to be on their team. So that probably this will be a top five protected 2025 first round pick, Gary Harris and R.J.
1: Yeah. I think this is this is fine. It ended up as a win-win for both teams, I think. Uh, M- Magic got what they could for, uh, for Gordon, which ended up being like the equivalent of two firsts, you could argue, because it was an actual first round pick, and then RJ Hampton, which I'm a little yeah, I'm a little Hampton. concerned, little concerned about RJ here. I don't know. I don't know if that's really uh if they're gonna get a lot of value yeah. from that one. So hasn't turned out maybe as well as they hoped. Aaron Gordon's been really good for Denver, obviously. I think it's a clear win for Denver that they were able to pull that trade off and then extend him. From Orlando's end, I I presume this was the best deal on the table. I mean, I, I don't know what else was out there wasn't in their room. And I think the time had come to make this move. You could argue they could have hung on to Gordon until the draft, I guess, is the only, only counter argument you could make. Sometimes you can get a better deal on draft night because you know exactly what pick number you're, you're moving.
2: Yeah, they might have been able to get a better deal for him on draft night, honestly. Now, again, part of why they got the number five pick was they moved Aaron Gordon and they tanked. Yeah. So now they could have shut him down with his hamstring injuries. Now, he had also been in and out of the lineup quite a bit over the last couple of years. And so maybe there was a thought that they just wanted to move him while he was healthy, or that his value could decline a little bit. I I think it's it is your idea that they could have got more from the draft. He would have had one year left on his deal, so you don't normally get two first round, two picks. first
1: for one year. Yeah, when you have a year and a half, yeah, you got a little more runway to work with there.
2: Yeah, and it was unclear eventually of just who else was their competition. Denver desperately needed an Aaron Gordon type after losing Jeremy Grant. There was talk that Boston maybe was involved and would you have rather had one of the Boston young guys you know a Smith or a Langford? oh come on but
1: every every Boston rumored trade for the last five years is like oh the Celtics were involved right to the end but absolutely refused to part with Romeo Langford
2: yeah uh I think they they felt that like Lankford they were much higher on Lankford or, at that or time or some other guy
1: Carson game. Edwards or like whoever it was uh, like and that's always the thing that leaks out after yeah. you know af- after the after the trade happens oh Boston was right there
2: yeah well and they ended up getting Fournier instead but which we'll talk about in a second but yeah i, I mean i think for Denver great trade Hampton has been awful so far this is still only his age 20 season so let's not go crazy but he, he has not shown the level of explosiveness that I hoped that he would. Uh, he's shooting a little bit better from three this year, 37%, but he's had some really bad games. He's been a big part of their tank effort. Yes. To, ironically enough, which involves not playing Gary Harris. And that's the other part of it that you talked about at the time as I re-listened. Taking on Gary Harris, $20 million for this year.
1: Right. And they ended up not trading him, which was a little weird. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what their market would have been for him. I mean, maybe, maybe there just wasn't a market. 20 is a tough number to deal right. with for a secondary player you, you need to take back another bad contract of roughly similar size so i i could see a, yeah. maybe
2: how that the, yeah, there was no other way to do the deal though other than yeah. for the expiring contract of will barton yeah so,
1: but yeah and, no that's uh, a good yeah. that's a good point though because they had you know usually you deal like that you're taking back expirings you're not taking 20 million in next year's money
2: no i agree uh so so i mean this is not an amazing return for orlando I thought it was really, it's worked out exceedingly well for Denver, in particular because one of our concerns was, well, they're not going to be able to extend Gordon. There was talk after he was moved that, oh, the maximum number that they can give him won't be enough for him, right? $24 a year. He'll never accept that. As it turns out, he has. Also, we thought Denver wouldn't be willing to pay the tax in 22-23. looks like they are willing to do that with the Porter extension and with Gordon and Denver looked unbelievable until Jamal Murray tore his ACL. So I think Gordon was giving them exactly what they wanted. He's done the same this year. So I I mean, very good trade for them to give up someone who hasn't done anything yet. Hampton, he, -hmm. if he had been playing this year, he would have been hurting them. And you know, if if he does evolve, it's going to be in like year four of his rookie contract. And so they wouldn't have really gotten any excess production from him. And you know, that first in twenty twenty. Five, Nicole Jokic is probably going to sign a designated player veteran extension this offseason and he'll still be there and it's not going to be that painful to lose that. Yeah. Um, but again, this is probably the best that Orlando had, and they have plenty of power forwards that <laughs> they they didn't need Aaron Gordon anymore. And yeah, so your only concern to me there is could they have gotten more at the draft? And you know, maybe maybe there would have been a team that was like, all right, we'll we'll give up the 16th pick in the draft for him this year, which yeah, arguably would have been more viable than what they got.
1: Yeah, but they still would have had to take on, they would have ended up taking on money this year too. Like they would have ended up with another Gary Harris because they would have had to to salary match by the time he got to the point of the draft.
2: Yeah, that's true. And then the Fournier deal, this was two seconds and Jeff Teague and the Magic got a huge TPE, which they didn't end up using. Uh, Boston took, them, took Fournier into the Hayward trade exception from the previous summer.
1: And then generated a new trade exception when they signed and traded Fournier after the year, right?
2: Uh, yes, that that is correct. But as it turned out, Jalen Brown messed up his wrist, and they weren't really a threat to win anything in the playoffs. And Fournier is still trying to remove the tread marks from his back from that first round series from James Harden <laughs> and Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant.
1: <laughs> this was so Boston's trade deadline last year was so weird because it was like a fake all in, right? It was like, okay, we got you know we're getting Fournier here, we go, and then it was like, oh, but we have to trade Daniel Tice to get under the tax now yeah
2: we'll talk about that one in a second too uh I mean, I think they felt they didn't need Tice anymore. They maybe you could have used him, but it just, I think the biggest thing here was I was kind of surprised there wasn't a first for Fournier. For Orlando, just saving the actual cash of not having him on the books for the rest of the year to just reduce your team salary in season by $17 million, certainly had some appeal. And, you know, Boston could have re-signed Fournier. They just, it ended up that, and I think they tried to do that, but they're probably hoping to pay $13 million a year and He ended up getting 18 from the Knicks and all right, that's the right decision to not match that offer.
1: Yeah. So they didn't go chasing a sunk cost and they were able to put that uh, Fournier exception to some use um, because that's basically what enabled them to generate like 26 new exceptions at this this last trade deadline. So not a, like not a total, like at the end of the day, it's like two seconds, They're Boston seconds they are not great, like whatever.
2: Yeah, and I just didn't understand uh, really how cooked Fournier was defensively. And I thought he would be a really nice like connector piece for them on the offensive end, which he kind of was. He also got COVID right when he got there. Yeah, that's true. uh, You know, he really had a star-crossed time in Boston. It could have worked out a little bit better. Uh, I mean, this one I think ended up just being a little consequence either way. I don't I don't know that you should necessarily say the Magic should have gotten more for him. I mean, maybe you could say that for a guy who apparently had a market of $18 million a year for three years in free agency, that that guy could have been worth the first round pick. But
1: Surely uh, surely, and, if there was a first out there, like Miami, Orlando didn't hang up on somebody offering the first to get two seconds from Boston, right? So I, I trust that this was the best offer out there.
2: Yeah, I trust that too, and I think they made the right decision to just move him instead of just inexplicably holding Onto him, which uh, is something that we'll get to. Some teams did that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I do wish they had done something with that $17 million trade exception because they had enough wiggle room to take in dead money and get paid in draft picks or whatever. And they didn't do that.
2: Yeah. And I think maybe they thought that they probably should have done that around the draft potentially but they didn't have enough scratch to get in on like the Kemba Walker salary dump and they didn't have a good player to send back the way they uh OKC had with Al Horford but you know I think there's a, a thought that that could be worth something and it ended up just not being the case yeah so I they still made the right move to get off of him and the two seconds probably aren't gonna matter and but again he, this also helped them tank into the number five pick position absolutely you're not going to get something that's made for you. So why not measure yourself in 10 minutes or visit a showroom rather than feeling like you're wearing somebody else's suit that they tried and failed to tailor for you. And not only does Indochino have the suits that made them famous, but now they've got everything. Blazers, pants, women's wear, outerwear, designed and made for you hundreds of of high quality fabrics to choose from, European wools, linen, cottons, tons of colors, tons of patterns you can customize, things like the lapel, the vents, the pockets, and you'll get a piece that is personalized for you in fit and style. So level up your game with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use the code PER. Easy to remember because John invented it. Use PER to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's 10% off at Indochino, I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O, Indochino.com. And don't forget that PER code to let them know you came from us. What else do we need to talk about from last year's trade deadline?
1: Uh, Can we stay on Boston and talk about the other trade they made?
2: Yeah, this one was so odd. And honestly... I completely missed the boat on what the biggest aspect of this was. I was calling it the Troy Brown trade. It was the, the Daniel Gafford trade. Uh,
1: the all end. the way. Yeah, Washington robbed everyone blind on this one. probably the I mean, this might be the best trade the Wizards have made in like 20 years, right? <laughs>
2: like uh well, what about the Westbrook trade?
1: <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Okay. But it's okay, the uh, best yeah. additive trade, how about that?
2: <laughs> but yeah, I mean it was pretty good arbitrage. I mean, I still thought Troy Brown could be a good second draft guy he really hasn't done anything for chicago he's mm-hmm. only been in the rotation when they've been desperate and you know tice was actually played some for chicago but then they didn't resign him in the end so that was of little relevance uh there was i, I do have a note in here that it forced brad stevens to play robert williams
1: oh yeah that's a good um,
2: point that's a good point point. And, and just make him their starting center which probably wouldn't have happened otherwise yeah
1: Yeah. I mean, Chicago, part of the reason they put Gafford in is because they were playing Thaddeus Young so much and they just had traded for Vooch. So they felt like Gafford would never play.
2: Yeah. But I mean, that's another one of those things for Chicago. And yeah, let's remember that too. I mean, I guess Young would have been gone in the DeRozan deal, but they would have still had Gafford as as their backup center behind Wendell Carter, probably if they didn't make the Vooch trade. Yeah, Uh, Although maybe they would have made that deal anyway. I mean, Tice... As a solid guy Just to be a starter For Gafford Who wasn't playing I mean I guess we can't say That Daniel Gafford Would have become An effective player In Chicago He was nailed to the bench When they really Could have used his production Yeah 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 Yeah, I don't have much else On that one Other than just Boston dumping Tice To get out of the tax And get guys Who weren't any good (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Apologies to Luke Cornette and Mo <laughs> Wagner on that one.
1: I was just – that I just felt like that was such a depressing trade for, for Boston to to do that right on the heels of the Fournier deal and just be like, no, actually, we're not good enough to win this year.
2: No, uh, I think that's right. But, uh, I mean, maybe they felt they were good enough to win this. Uh, yeah, it, it was a weird time for Boston. But as it turned out, they were correct. They didn't have any kind of a chance to win.
1: <laughs> maybe, if,
2: I mean, maybe if they'd gotten a different playoff matchup and Jalen Brown had been mm-hmm. healthy – it would have been possible. Yeah. What else we got to talk about here? Let's uh, do uh, the Norm Powell, Gary Trent trade. Yeah. That one was fascinating. interesting. That is Norm Powell in the last year of his deal, who would later sign a five-year, $90 million contract in the offseason for Gary Trent in the last year of his deal, but as a restricted free agent who would later sign for $18 million a year, but on a two plus one and then also running it. Right. And and uh yeah, this was pretty I think this one was pretty salary neutral. I don't think anyone like got out of the tax or anything either. Uh also this one had the note that in nineteen ninety eight Portland traded Gary Trent to Toronto, and in twenty twenty one Portland traded his son Gary Trent Jr. to Toronto. Nice. <laughs>
1: uh and it was awesome. each
2: of these took place forty-one games into their third season. Wow. That's, that's pretty crazy. Wow. Yeah, that's a good setup. Uh, this is why I take these notes, baby. Uh wow. th- that was from Ryan, Ryan Wolstead in, initially had that out of Toronto. But uh, yeah, I mean, how does this one look a year
1: and change later? I think this could have been a massive win for Toronto and it wasn't because of what they did in the summer. So you trade for Gary Trent, who's one of the big things with Gary Trent is his cap hold was so much less than Powell's. Like he was on a minimum cap hold basically. And so Toronto could have used 25 million or whatever in cap space to sign a player. And instead they use that money to trade for Goran Draghi and precious Achua.
2: oh we'll get to that that's my next one don't don't yeah. worry and we'll, we'll talk about that like
1: Achua is like a whatever guy, and Dragic obviously didn't play for him, and you know, he's not looked great. Uh, I, I
2: will, I cannot let you call Precious Achua a whatever guy. He, in terms of his overall effectiveness, I agree with you. Yes. But if you watch a game of Precious Achua, uh-huh. you will not be saying whatever. You may have <laughs> a number of expletives going in either direction on a play by play basis, but okay, you will that's not fair. say whatever when you watch that's that fair. man play basketball. Okay.
1: Je- Jekyll and Hyde, guy let's say Um, i mean he is he
2: is the most crazy guy at from play to play it's something completely spectacular and then it's the worst decision you've ever seen made on an nba basketball court one possession
1: yeah Yeah, exactly exactly And he's he's been this guy since he was a, a teenager playing at the Hoop Summit. It's just like this is this is just what yeah. he does. Although um, that
2: week, every single long two that he took went in. Like he was a, he was like a, a combo forward prospect back.
1: Yeah, then. Yeah, he was trying to play more as a three four, and yeah, it, yeah, and the pull ups from just inside the line, like yeah, those were, he was all over that.
2: <laughs> yeah, he did. He didn't miss a single one all week, and uh, I was like, "Ooh, this guy's pretty good." And then I talked to some of the other people there, like, "This is the first time he's ever." Done on that like don't yeah. don't get too excited yeah um
1: but but yeah so who won this one would you and say, then in Russia? okay there's a second mistake here too though the other reason you can win on a gary trade norm Powell trade is that trent is several years younger so if you go long on a deal with gary trent you have a, some real upside potential there right to win on the out years of the deal as opposed to signing him for three years with an opt-out av- after two which basically means if you if you win you lose because after two years he's an unrestricted free agent and is either going to be crazy expensive or leave or if he underperforms the contract then great if you if you if you lose you lose also because he's around for a third year at 18 and a half million he's outperformed that contract but as a result he's like he's gone after next year or they have to pay way more like i don't even think like he, he might not even be extendable at this point so in some ways, they've yeah, won we'll because, tra- because Trent has played really well, right? And Powell's been injured, obviously, too, which hasn't helped. But they also hurt themselves by like not signing him a four-year deal.
2: Yeah, uh, although, I, I mean, that's I don't know that that part of it goes into the... Tra- I mean, you could say, hey, he had these salary expectations. I'm interested to see what's going to happen there with him. A- Ananobi was another guy who signed that contract I will give Clutch credit. Taylor Horton, Tucker, OG Ananobi, Trent, all those guys, they've got them signed... These deals that got them some guaranteed life-changing money, but also player options where they can get out of things a little bit earlier. Maybe they took a yeah. little bit less to do that. But I think that probably was the right decision. We'll see with Tucker, uh, Horton Tucker, of whether you know getting a fourth year guaranteed might have been a good idea for him. But you no, know, he's still gonna get 30 million guaranteed. And now he could get that uh, if he were to blow up with and Ananobi and, and Trent, I think they both have Trent, though. I'm not sure. I mean, I think he'll he's played well. It seemed like an overpay when they paid him that initially and to also give him the the two plus one. Yeah. But I'm not sure that he's going to have a market like that much above that just because he's never never going to be a superstar. He's just, you know, a quality shooting guard. So maybe the market goes up for 22, 23 million a year at that point, depending on the cap rise. But I, I don't think it's going to just completely break the bank. It's more just maybe he would just not want to be there anymore and want to, I mean, that's, right. but I think in terms of the money they would have to pay to retain him, I don't think it's going to be an insane number. But just to get the, the younger player, I think he's been better than Powell this year. He's a better shooter. I see them as relatively comparable defensively. Maybe Powell's a little more athletic there. And Trent Jr. obviously has been able to play a bunch of minutes for them, and he's younger. So, I I mean, I think a huge win there for Toronto because Norm Powell at 28, they were just never going to re-sign him anyway, right? So, to get something for him was really good.
1: Yeah. I I think Toronto won that trade. And I think Powell's contract, conversely in Portland, where they went out five years to retain him, that has a lot of risk on the back end which now is the clippers problem
2: yeah now i will i will give them credit that that contract apparently did have value with now the clippers are a team that just wants to get more salary on the books with anybody who can play uh and they got keon johnson back for him. we'll see what keon johnson looks like but obviously portland in making that deal wasn't they didn't get norman powell to trade him at the trade deadline right after they signed and they're trying to compete with dame lillard and i and i mean the other the other reason though that that trade was so dumb was they traded for norman Powell to play him at the three right next to dame Williams and william like that never made yeah. any
1: sense yeah yeah
2: like, it, you, your problem is defense and so you're gonna play a six three guy at the three now uh, i mean i think the thought was like well okay if dame and cj get trapped we need a guy who can attack off the dribble and get to the basket gary trent doesn't give us that so maybe he was a slightly better fit than trent in the moment or maybe they, they just felt like trent really didn't want to be there i mean that's the other thing maybe trent really didn't want to be there but that's what restricted free agency is for
1: yeah you you're, you're able to match offers and control some of that well to, so
2: mm. w- while we're on the toronto part of this though mm-hmm. they did not trade kyle lowry and yeah we don't know what was out there for him. we'll get to that in a second but the end game as you noted was taking on a year of goran dragic who i don't know whether they ever thought he was going to play for them but he sure as hell didn't and which is interesting because they actually could have used him this year like they're actually trying to win this year if he had yeah. wanted to play for them they 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 desperately needed backup point guard play. Yeah. Um, But but whatever. I mean, they took on the reality is they took on $19 million in completely dead money to also get Precious Achua. And then you, you traded away the sign and trade rights to Cal Lowry as well. They were a little bit over a barrel because Miami, in theory, could have just signed Lowry, but couldn't have given him quite the contract he wanted with their cap space. And then they also couldn't have gotten P.J. Tucker. So they they had some leverage on Miami as
1: well. Exactly. And then, I mean, Toronto also had this alternative of using all this cap room themselves, and they just right. punted on it.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, like to me, getting Achua wouldn't have been enough just for taking on dragon. Not to mention that you're also sending out Kyle Lowry in a yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So clearly. I mean, basically, whatever they could have done with Kyle Lowry, I don't even know it was on the table. Whatever they could have done would have been better than what yeah. they actually
1: did. There was a lot of smoke at the time about Philadelphia, and you, you don't know what exactly what the deal would have been, but- uh, I mean, wouldn't it
2: have had to have been Tobias Harris or Ben Simmons? Like, there's, I don't think there- Was there another way to get to the, the money on that? Uh, Toronto was also up against the tax, I think, most of last year.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember, because there was some other flotsam they had- in- Going out and other deals and stuff last year, it, it was it was tricky. But I, I think maybe there was a yeah, w- they like they had
2: Seth Curry still. They could have maybe they could have gotten it was close like Seth
1: Curry, Terrence Ferguson, and some other stuff or something. Terrence Ferguson, Vincent wow.
2: Poirier. Are we sure that was last year? <laughs> but it seemed like it came down though to Lakers and Miami. Lakers supposedly wouldn't put Horton Tucker in the deal. we never actually had. Con- confirmation in any of the reporting that there was a first round pick on the table. Right. And so maybe you understand why they just waited.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. I think, if, uh, to, to me, that's a clear line of demarcation. If there was a first, they definitely should have done something. If there wasn't a first, they definitely should have waited it out.
2: Yeah, I mean, for the Lakers, it was, I mean, were the Lakers really thinking, I mean, obviously, the Lakers not being willing to put Talon Horton Tucker in that deal, especially when he was about to be a restricted free agent. That was the crazy thing about it, right? I, I mean, that's, yeah. as we go back and look at it, you can say Toronto, whatever, but if Taylor Horton Tucker was the deal breaker for getting Kyle Lowry to the Lakers and they didn't do it, I fail. Mean, and now, <laughs> yeah. as you and then you look at the domino effect of that of, like, instead of having Kyle Lowry, um, hey, yeah, you know what? Yeah, Westbrook.
1: Like, and, yeah, and I you mean, have no if Kuzma. The Lakers and, had gotten, yeah.
2: If the Lakers had gotten Kyle Lowry last year and Anthony Davis had stayed healthy, like, I think they would have won the championship. Now, he didn't stay healthy in the end. But so that – and, and Schroeder was a disaster there. Like, they, the idea that they could just keep, hold on to him and re-sign him, was that wouldn't have been a good idea. And then, of course, because they didn't have Kyle Lowry and they couldn't re-sign him. Oh, well, you know, we were really, really – Really worried about Kyle Lowry. He wanted thirty million a year. We didn't want to resign him, so we went ahead and traded <laughs> for forty-four million dollars Russell Westbrook instead.
1: Let, I, for, don't forget the part in the middle where they offered Schroeder like an eighty million dollar <laughs> extension. Oh my god! <laughs> let's not let's not bury that part either. Wow, that's
2: that's pretty crazy.
1: Fun times.
2: They they their talent evaluation hasn't been too good in the last year.
1: Not so much, nah.
2: No. Um, it, yeah, Danny and I actually have an episode coming out today of the five moves in the last year and
1: Ooh. Rob Polinka
2: and uh, assistant GM LeBron figured pretty prominent.
1: Yeah, I can imagine.
2: And, wow. and, but for Miami, I think they made the right move because I think it was Tyler Hero was the guy that they wanted. Miami made the right move by not acquiring Lowry and then just getting him this summer. I think they, yes. I, I don't, Lowry wasn't going to put them over the top, particularly if they'd lost Hero against the Bucks. They got swept by the box in one of the most dominating series in NBA history. Yeah. So it was that Lowry wasn't going to change their fortunes last year. So now to get him and also get off the money of Dragic, Dragic, they, they team opted him in. Obviously they could have avoided that, but they knew they had the sign and trade ready. And then to, to also get PJ Tucker with the mid level. I mean, they, they did a, a much better job by just waiting. So they, they made the right call in not upping their offer. I think the Lakers made the wrong call in not upping their offer. We don't know exactly what was on the table for Philly and how that could have potentially changed. I mean, Hey, Hey, if Philly, I don't know what they would have had to offer. It would but, have been a lot probably, and they would have had these tax issues for Toronto. But when you see how where they were, like, what, does Philly win the
1: championship? Yeah, the absolutely. Yeah, I think that's a great question to ask. And is Ben Simmons still a still a Sixer? I mean, yeah. And if
2: if everything had happened exactly the way it played out in the playoffs, like clearly with Kyle Lowry, they beat Atlanta. If Giannis gets injured, they beat Milwaukee, and I think they would have had you know a a totally good chance against the Suns too. I mean, they yeah yeah, things totally would have. Everything would have changed there. I mean, the money would have been difficult, but in the end, yeah, they wouldn't they wouldn't have James Harden now, probably, but they also might have won the championship or at least gotten a lot closer. They wouldn't have had the complete disaster of last year's playoffs. Should they have so clearly they should have offered at least one first round pick in a deal like that? Yeah. Is there a way that they could have also moved Tobias Harris in that deal? Like could they have gone Tobias Harris and two first round picks for Lowry? Or would it have had to be been some other gyrations? Tough to say there, but
1: Yeah, I I suspect that's one of the reasons that deal didn't happen. It was just, it it would have been a very, I mean, these are two creative front offices, but it would have been a very complex trade because there wasn't a natural salary match for Lowry.
2: What else do we need to talk about from last year's trade deadline?
1: Um, Regrettable trades involving second round picks. We had a few of them. We had a few of them. Uh, would you, would you give up two second round picks to turn Lou Williams into Ray John Rondo?
2: I was thinking about this one. And when I re-listened to our show from last year, we were both apoplectic that, you know, we thought Lou Williams is better than Rondo. Mm -hmm. As it turned out, Lou Williams probably won the Hawks a couple of playoff games. I think he won them that game five against Philly. He probably, I I mean, obviously no one person is going to win the game, but you could say they don't win the game without him. I think is a rule. Yeah. Uh he won them, I think it was game four against Milwaukee when Trey Young didn't play and then Giannis went down and they went on this huge run. So clearly, I mean, great deal for Atlanta to also get two seconds. Rondo was killing them last year. Mm -hmm. And he had guaranteed money for this year, too. I mean, that was the other big part of that, right? It wasn't just Lou Williams for Rondo. It wasn't just two second round picks going to Atlanta. But it was also Oh, sorry, sorry oh, oh they, yeah they paid cat the Clippers paid cash as well yeah but it also then was the Clippers had to get off the salary of Rondo this year
1: yes yeah so that uh, I mean it's such a bizarre like for such a shrewd front office most of the time that was such a bizarre deal now
2: this is what I recalled though I would say that Rondo was instrumental in at least one victory against Dallas I think it was game three mm-hmm. where they started like double teaming Kawhi a lot and they were giving it giving the ball to Rondo having him set the screens and then make plays uh then dallas realized that oh wait we shouldn't guard rondo even when he has the ball in that four on three and that he was basically done by the end of that series and then in the utah series he was you know played the first couple of games and they took him out helped them lose the first couple of games by the way because he was playing too much in that series and then same thing he he wasn't he was a bit player in the phoenix series so yeah i mean he helped them in one game and maybe a little bit more in that dallas series but uh and also i I think maybe part of it, too, was just they felt like Lou Williams was just so flammable defensively that and he was someone who was around and kind of had to play. And so moving on from him helped them. But yeah, I mean, the, the fact that they threw in the two seconds and the cash, which I'd forgotten about.
1: Yeah. And that's pretty insane. And that extra year on Rondo is a killer, especially for like for a tax team where that extra year is costing you like 30 million or whatever. Like that was kind of a killer. Yep.
2: Yep. Uh, yeah. So I, I don't think our opinion on that one has changed very much and in fact I have to say that Lou Williams was more useful in Atlanta even than we thought we didn't nobody saw Atlanta making it to the conference finals and he was exactly.
1: part of that and Atlanta's backup point guard play had been a disaster to that point led by <laughs> Rondo
0: so ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from sling the collide of football pads the squeak of shoes on a basketball court
2: Okay, uh, what are these other? What's the other one you were alluding to
1: here? Uh, Javale McGee to Denver for two seconds. Now it t- turns out, I guess Denver maybe could have used him if they had tried playing him, but he it had no impact at all, and they just set two seconds on fire and gave yeah, up. It, and was... gave up Isaiah Hartenstein, by the way, who they probably should have hung on to.
2: Yeah, he wasn't helping them necessarily, but they ended up just going with. They didn't even play Javale in the playoffs. They just went with Jamichael Green and Millsap as their back. Up front court.
1: exactly yeah yeah
2: which and even then to give up two seconds for a guy that you're maybe they felt like they could resign him and and the deal in phoenix was outside of their price range but like even to trade two seconds for a guy I mean, maybe they felt like oh we can play javel in the regular season and still win some games we could rest Jokic. maybe that was the thinking but Jokic was going to play 40 minutes a game in the playoffs so to trade two seconds for eight minutes a game when they already had a solution that they that mike malone apparently or michael one apparently liked Better than
1: him anyway? Yeah, yeah, that was rough. These one of the yeah. seconds is top forty five protected, I should note, in two thousand twenty seven. Oh,
2: okay. Thank God.
1: Oh, that that makes him much better, right? <laughs> But yeah, and JaVale, I mean, I think
2: there's another team maybe that JaVale could have been worth that to, right? Like even a a team like Phoenix, I think he might have been worth that to at the start of the regular season. Like if if Phoenix traded for two second round picks for him at the start of this year, he's been worth that to them over the course of this season. But yeah, to do this deal at the trade deadline didn't make a lot of sense.
1: Anything else we got to talk about? Corey Joseph and two seconds for DeLon Wright and then having to basically offload DeLon Wright for uh, a wash Tristan Thompson after the season. I mean, they didn't have to do that. They felt they had to do that. <laughs> he yeah. just kept it. You're right. They didn't I mean, have to do that. They just did. Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, they, they got uh, Davion Mitchell and they felt like they wanted to move on from him. And then Thompson Thompson ended up being in the Sabonis trade, which yeah, I wonder how we'll see that a year from now when we do this next year.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll be that'll be interesting,
2: but yeah, yeah. I, I think that that one it just I actually liked that
1: one. I liked it okay well at the time. Like Wright was a better player than Joseph last season. Certainly, he hasn't had quite the same impact this year. Two seconds, okay, whatever. Um, you, you know, Wright made a little less money, although Joseph had the partial guarantee and Detroit waived him, so there was that flexibility, I guess.
2: Well, they waived him and then re-signed him on a one plus one at five million a year.
1: Yes, yeah.
2: Which uh, he's been a good backup point guard this year. But he starts for them, but he's been a good backup point yeah. right this
1: year, I guess. Exactly. Exactly.
2: So, uh, a couple other ones. Victor Oladipo went to Miami. He played four games for the Heat. Uh, The Heat sent out Kelly Olenek and 2022 first-round swap rights to the Rockets that are, I think, almost certainly not going to matter.
1: It's going to become Miami's second-round pick. It's Because it's the right to swap Miami's pick with Brooklyn's. Miami's going to finish ahead of Brooklyn, so that's not going to matter. But Houston will get a second-round pick from Miami as a result.
2: Oh, but like, so it was either swap or second round pick. Correct. Yeah. That's what it was. Okay. All right. That's something. I, I mean, Kelly Olenek would have helped the Heat By, just yeah. to keep him yeah. more than Oladipo. Now Oladipo did resign. He's back now. Time will tell what he looks like. They do have the thing now where they, because they had his bird rights last year, they signed into a minimum this year and they get, will then have his bird rights for next year if they want to keep him around again.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
2: So we'll see what happens there. And maybe Oladipo Debo could have helped them. Like he looked a little bit better for Miami, but then you know he retor that tendon, and he and he was never healthy. I think that was clear since that surgery. That surgery just didn't ever really take, apparently. And so, I mean, this one, I, like, uh, Kelly Olenek wasn't going to help. I actually liked Kelly Olenek in that matchup against the Bucs because he caused problems for.
1: Oh, absolutely, yeah, for them. Yeah. But
2: like he he was actually in the early part of their series in twenty twenty. I thought he was important, but he wasn't going to change Miami's destiny against the Bucks last year anyway.
1: So the other thing is if they had kept Kelly O'Linick this year they would be in the tax and they would presumably not have P.J. Tucker uh, so there were some other roster construction things that keeping Linux would have gotten in the way of
2: But well Olenek would have been a free agent right so he, he no I'm
1: saying if they had Detroit. re-signed him with bird rights at the number oh, that gotcha, Detroit yeah. signed him
2: yeah I don't think they ever would have done that the other one that we haven't talked about it's not on, right, on my list because it happened I want to say like in the two weeks before the deadline P.J. Tucker trade was uh pretty damn awesome for milwaukee
1: absolutely yeah you know at the time i wondered if if milwaukee paid too much and clearly they didn't because he was he was he was the exact right guy for what they needed. especially i mean the brooklyn series obviously was was where he really mattered and
2: yeah well and to me even mattered plenty in the hawks and phoenix series because they closed with the honest at center and because they had him they could switch everything and have a totally different look defensively which i don't think they really could have gone to that had they not acquired him
1: right that's a fair point yeah yeah so i thought I mean, it wasn't yeah even you're right like, they yeah. did close with that i had in my head that they were playing lopez and portis a lot which they did but i don't you're right i think they were closing with the honest at five
2: yeah well in the atlanta and phoenix series they did not do switching against kd then it was more tucker just guarding him and playing a drop yeah. coverage and living with what kd was doing and trying to contain everyone else by the end of that series
1: yeah yeah so he yeah You're right. That one that ended up being—I mean, I guess you could argue that trade was more impactful than on some levels than the Vooch trade because of what of what resulted from it. What were the exact terms of that one? So they basically swapped years in which uh, Houston would owe the pick or Milwaukee would owe the pick to Houston, and then also gave up, also traded. I think the first for the second in 21 it worked out in such a way that Houston had Milwaukee's pick in 21 and 23 and Milwaukee had Houston second in 21 I think because originally was it an, was, yeah because yeah, originally I want to say Houston had Milwaukee's pick in 22 and so I think they they sent that back and then changed it so that they could get around the uh the Stepien rule and still get Houston uh some draft equity
2: well and the, the other reason that this was an awesome move for Milwaukee was they sent back DJ Augustin who was making the same as Tucker and had guaranteed money for this year, too.
1: Yes. That was important to get off to get off of that money, given you know how expensive their roster is right now.
2: Yeah. And when you consider that getting the player, I thought it was a pretty relatively low price to get the player. And then you also consider that they got off of $7 million for dead money. That was pretty good. I, Houston, to me, I mean, that's shocking to me that that was all they could get for Tucker.
1: I wasn't that shocked. I mean, he was on an expiring deal and there were a lot of places where he didn't totally fit because he's a very, I mean, you're talking about a very prescribed role for him, right? Defensive stopper at the four, who's going to stand in the corner? Like, not yeah. not every team had a glaring need for that guy. Yeah,
2: and he did have, I think, a five point nine percent usage in the regular season. He
1: was plus. not having having himself a good year. Uh, only but one. That's a, he's actually this year for
2: Miami is actually like doing more stuff. Uh, shooting fifty six percent from floater
1: range. Last time I checked, uh, he's he has he has shot some every, every time I fall out of my chair and I got to stop because he shot it enough. That it's actually like okay this is i guess this is really a thing
2: all right a couple more here just to square the circle on these the george hill trade philly got off of some money with the knicks and it was vincent poirier by the way uh Terrence ferguson and vincent poirier and a 2021 philly second going to the knicks OKC got Tony Bradley Philly 25 and 26 seconds and Austin Rivers and Philly got George Hill and Ignace Brazdikas so basically three seconds to get George Hill while also getting off of some bad money say one of the seconds is for getting off of the bad money and two of them were for George Hill essentially yeah, I I like this trade a lot at the time Hill remember had played well for Milwaukee the year earlier then he had played pretty well for OKC and then he had a I think it was a thumb Issue or a hand issue or something, and basically hadn't played for like two months, but he just didn't really play well for Billy. He was exactly part of why they yeah. didn't get it done. Yeah. That. I, I thought re- he would be in their closing lineup.
1: I, I thought it was a really good trade at the time because that they were able to do that and not have to give up a first, and it ended up just yeah, not really turning out that great. I mean, they did at least save some money in the deal, but well he also Had that non-guarantee for this year. Yeah, which, I mean, it looked like, oh, you're getting a guy for next year, too. And by the end of the playoffs, it was like, yeah, we're not even picking this up. Yeah,
2: and then he joined the Milwaukee Bucks for $4 million. Uh, All right, we could probably skip the Fournier and Wanamaker trades. You,
1: you, uh, Crit, Marquise Chris and Wanamaker, you mean?
2: Uh, Yes, thank you, Marquise Chris and Wanamaker. I don't know yeah, I those like
1: are Wanamaker. just cash cash salary dumps. Uh, Terrence Davis to Sacramento. That one's kind of a shoulder shrug, right? Like second round pick for a restricted free agent to be.
2: Yeah, he might be in more of a role now if he weren't out with this wrist issue for the season. Yeah. So a couple other ones of moves that didn't happen. Harrison Barnes and Rashawn Holmes, the latter of whom? Was in the last year of his contract, did not get traded. Wait, sorry, is that this year or? or- <laughs>
1: Well, it's funny because Harrison Barnes and Jeremy Grant, you could say the same thing last year. Like Detroit maybe should have just sold high right away on Jeremy Grant. And Sacramento with Harrison Barnes, again, it's another year of like, what are we doing here? Are we coming or going? I I think you make that argument on both of those.
2: I also, I I was appalled that I was calling Vivek Ranadive Victor Ranadive a couple of times on the pod last year. That was, I think you're always (laughs) punchy after the trade deadline, but that was pretty inexcusable. But nonetheless, yeah, Holmes, now they re-signed him. We weren't sure they whether they could resign him. They re-signed him to the maximum they possibly could under early bird rights, but that's not looking amazing now. And he's superfluous for them with the arrival of Sabonis. I
1: they should trade him this summer. Like I think he's actually a good player, but he's yeah, he's, he's struggled not, this year. But he's not a top ten guy at his position. And you know, you got a pretty good deal with a couple years left. I, I I just think this is the right time to do a move with him. I you know, I could easily see like if you were Charlotte, would you trade your first round pick for him?
2: Probably not. I mean, see whether you can re-sign Harrell and what happens in the draft, and I, I don't know, probably not. I think he just he just wasn't good. he hasn't been good this year. Like he's he really slipped. I thought
1: out. he was I thought he was really good at the start of the year, and then yeah, then he got he's he hasn't really been healthy the whole year since then.
2: Yeah, yeah, he's had a star cross year to be sure, but yeah, and then Barnes, it just doesn't really. I mean, maybe he was in talks last year, but it didn't. I and mean, of course, they still were like, oh, we got to push for the playoffs, and like, yeah, that was yeah, that worked even out making well. The play yeah. in was a pipe dream for them as it is again this year apparently yeah so yeah and we've talked about just how their organizational philosophy they just never trade present for future they always trade future for present and their present always continues to suck nonetheless yeah. and so this is just you know maybe they should have traded him this year maybe the barn should have traded barnes last year I mean, there's talk that there are pretty good packages out there when you see what gordon went for eventually maybe there wasn't as good of a package as we might have hoped you know something along the lines of a two first round picks they also could have just traded barnes this off as well. I think it does seem like you get more for these guys in the off season.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I really, I guess I really internalized that with the Conley stuff. That it's yeah. just, because of the moving parts of the regular season. It's just harder for teams to do a deal and really feel confident in what they're giving up and what they're getting. Uh, when you know when the draft pick, the position of the draft pick changes every day, and and so you have protections going out in future years. Like it just gets very complicated. Whereas that Fog Award just isn't there into the draft.
2: Yeah, that's a great point. And you just also have more suitors. There are more teams. Everybody, it seems like, except for me. Everyone, everyone teams. can
1: talk yeah. themselves into next year at, when the draft hasn't happened yet. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah, yeah. You don't have the utter depressing <laughs> reality <laughs> of your season to deal with yet. This one is just, I had almost totally forgotten about this because the most salient consequence of it was that David Griffin pissed off CAA by moving JJ Redick to Dallas.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it looked like a trade that might matter for the postseason, and then... uh I think Reddick got injured again shortly after the trade, right? I, I think I he
2: was injured trade? even at the time of the trade. And I okay. mean, if he played, I, I don't think he even played 10 games for Dallas and, and uh, he was not healthy during the playoffs or or n- hadn't shown enough that they wanted to put him out there at a minimum. Uh, they, they also got off of Wesawundu's guaranteed contract for this year, which Dallas signed him to a two-year deal for some reason. Uh, a second-round pick is what Dallas said. I'm not sure exactly what second was, but nobody won in that trade. <laughs> Exactly. Everybody lost.
1: <laughs> I think
2: that's uh, fair to say. Yeah. Nemanja Bialica for Chris Silva and Mo Harkless. I
1: mean, eh, shoulder shrug. The end. Right.
2: Yeah. O- other than Harkless re signing in Sacramento, he actually played well there and then hasn't played that well this year matt thomas the jazz sent a golden state second rounder, 2021 to the raptors for matt thomas yeah that was wild right yeah really really weird trade i wonder what the the jazz could have done something with that more than that and yeah, yeah i think that's about all we got here you want to rule uh some teams out of the playoffs orlando magic rule them out they're playing well they're playing well recently. <laughs> well, wait, 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 wait,
1: night. wait, 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 wait! Didn't they just until lose last... by like eighty points last night?
2: Yeah. <laughs> Didn't I, Kyrie
1: Irving they, outscore their whole team last night? Did I miss that? They've,
2: they've been they've been frisky. <laughs> Maybe I should be using past tense there. <laughs> um. So I last ruled. I, I think are we still? You ruled the Knicks out of the playoffs. I'm trying to see who are different. We have each ruled eight teams out of the playoffs. So it's getting down to it here a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, you last ruled out the Knicks on february 23rd i last ruled out the indiana pacers i have not ruled out the knicks yet let me see if that's where i'm gonna go eh, actually the knicks are projected to finish ahead of the wizards now by 5.38. i've also got oh i have ruled out the blazers and you have not uh we have both ruled out new orleans as a 1215 so
1: we might be sweating a little bit on that Ooh, one okay all right little little play in magic might be happening in uh
2: in new orleans we'll see yeah so you've ruled out the Knicks and I've ruled out the difference. Oh, I've ruled out Portland and you have. Okay. Well, so I you're think gonna that, rule out Portland. I
1: think that makes my work today fairly easy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah i don't know they're, they're pretty close hilariously they are still projected only to finish two games behind the lakers the lakers <laughs> are an absolute fucking refall since the break yeah yeah like they're, they're not going to win five more games the rest of the year i don't think maybe well maybe they got they a
1: bunch play. of road games a bunch of difficult games i mean yeah. they may benefit from a couple of these good teams resting their guys the last week or two but like yeah uh yeah it's a, no, it's D- a danny disaster. and i went
2: through it danny and i went through it unless ad comes back there may be be favored in like two or three more games the entire rest of the season
1: are are you following by the way the hilarious top 10 protected first uh between the pelicans and the grizzlies oh
2: oh i'm following it i am i am following that the
1: most amazing out of nowhere story for the end of the season right like we thought the whole year like whatever the grizzlies have the lakers pick it'll be like 20 or something and now it's like not not at first it was like oh the grizzlies might get a pick in the teens now it's like no the grizzlies aren't going to get a pick at all
2: (laughs) Oh, there are so many amazing aspects to this.
1: Unless the Pelicans yeah. suck enough to keep the Lakers above them, right? That would be the crowning irony if that happens well, somehow.
2: But I think the Pels play the Lakers
1: twice, They too. still have two games against each other, exactly. Yeah. Right.
2: So yeah. they can, and the Pels, not only to make the play-in and beat the Lakers for the play-in, or at least play-in seeding to be yeah. the nine seed, but then to also uh, then push the Lakers down into to the top ten as well. And yeah. I mean, can you imagine like LeBron James? having to go on the road to new orleans as the 10 seed in the play-in yeah
1: yeah
2: just like how how desultory that is how he's gonna be like like can't i just be in cancun right now
1: yeah the, the, uh-huh. you're
2: really gonna make me
1: uh-huh not, not right, AD is right.
2: back maybe maybe they can convince themselves that they have a chance to actually do anything but
1: yeah has I, has anyone ever taken a dnp rest in a play-in game before <laughs> like just get me out of well, here like i just don't well, well like... and, and the worst thing
2: too is you know look. LeBron, he's playing for the all-time points record. Oh, sorry. The play-in is this new dimensional another <laughs> world.
1: It doesn't, it doesn't the count. Stats don't count. <laughs> it doesn't count. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs>
2: uh, but that said, you're going to rule out the Blazers?
1: Uh, I think we can safely rule out the Portland Trail Blazers, yes. And we are sweating on this New Orleans
2: thing, though. Uh, yeah, and I think, oof, do I go Knicks or Wizards? I think I need to go Wizards because with no Bradley Beal, I mean, maybe like the Knicks. This Knicks group has shown the ability to maybe like get a little hot, or they they've got some institutional knowledge of having been good last year. Maybe you could talk themselves into somehow they make the play in, and somehow they yeah. And then also, if the Knicks had to play the Nets, like Kyrie wouldn't be able to play. So I I mean, obviously this is extremely attenuated in either case, but I'm gonna rule out the wisdom.
1: Yeah, I think that's like that's a good call.
2: Actually, should we do another one? Maybe we should do another one.
1: What you want me to rule out another team now? Well, I All know right. it
2: pains. Do so much to have to do it it's, I mean like you have such sympathy for these these teams but yeah I think we're I mean because we only have we basically only have like three four more weeks episodes so I think we need to there needs to be some predictive power to this we can't like rule our last team out the week before the play-in
1: yeah okay so comes down to Wizards and Spurs for me I'll probably go ahead and say Wizards just uh the same kind of thing like it's not just like they have long odds to get into the play-in but then even if they get in can they really win twice once they get there, I, th- I kind of doubt it.
2: Fair. So I guess that's going to leave me with... Yeah, I guess I probably got to go, yeah, because this is, because we still need to have, we got to rule out four more teams still after this, so we got to, wow. we got to get on this. Wow. Um, yeah, I guess I got to go Knicks in that case, right, because everyone, now we're at, oh, so yeah, actually, no, we got to rule out five more, so yeah, okay, I guess we got to do two next week also. All right. Very good. All right, uh, we will talk to y'all next week.
0: Thanks for joining us. Till then. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary.